Hey, I'm your host, Lamar L.A. Smith, and welcome to another episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Today, I'm with Jared Dillinger. He's played basketball overseas for 12 years, a seven-time PBA champ, and has played on the Philippines national team. All right. He may not look it, but Jared is 37. And (laughs) I swear he had to be drinking whatever LeBron has been drinking lately, because if you see his highlights... The way he moves on the court, he always gets to his spots, and that silky smooth jumper, just beautiful, just beautiful. So I'm glad that you were here games. with me today. I'm sure glad I joined your podcast today, Lamar. Man, you just hyping me up. First, you put me in the same sense with LeBron. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have some fun today. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, uh, only, only the best, only the best. Okay, what's so, up? On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about your college journey and how that led you to playing pro basketball in the Philippines. So when you gave me, you know, your spiel about a little bit more about you, you went from the Air Force Academy to the University of Hawaii. I don't know if you could find two places that are more, have more differences. Like those are two like Like, totally different. Polar opposites. Polar opposites. Spectrum. Yeah. So I want to know. How did you get recruited to go to the Air Force Academy? Um, so my career, like I grew up in Colorado. And for people who don't know, the Air Force Academy is located in Colorado. Um, you know, coming out of high school, I wasn't some big, big recruit by any means, you know. And I mean, I was good enough to play D1, but I wasn't like just killing out there, you know. Um, so I didn't have too many Division One offers. And... Air Force was, you know, such a prestigious school. My family really, you know, was pushing me to go there. At the same time, like I said, I didn't have like Duke or (laughs) San Diego State or, you know, anyone really knocking on my door. So, yeah, you know, I took it. And, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, back then we were we were all right. Like we made it to the NCAA tournament. We played against North Carolina in the first round when they had uh, Raymond Felton, Sean oh May, God, Rashad McCants. Oh, it was dope. I was I was I was kind of in a celebrity. I was like shocked seeing them hoop when I was first there because I was just a freshman. But um, so basketball wise, it was cool. And um, before the start of my junior year, I just I just got cold feet and. I, I didn't want to continue my schooling at Air Force. And before I get into it a little bit more, like at, at the Air Force, there's a rule that if you start your junior year, you cannot transfer schools. You can't leave schools. You actually, what? if you quit or, yeah, if you do leave on your junior or senior year at one of these military institutions, not only do you have to pay the school back for your scholarship, you literally have to pay them out of your pocket. You also have to serve in the military for four years, regardless of where you want to go or do. And I'm saying if you get kicked out or if you want to leave, like it's all the same, they're going to make you do all that stuff. So 
course, I get cold feet and I'm not really sure this is the direction I want to go. So I start weighing my options about what schools I want to go to to transfer from. And, um, you know, I was a dumb kid and I could have gone anywhere. You know, coming out of an Air Force school like that, I could have gone to an Ivy League school. I could have gone West Coast, Stanford, Cal, Berkeley. But my, my ass wanted to go to Hawaii. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh my parents they're supportive but they were kind of like you sure you want to do this like <laughs> i was just this kid with this uh with this vibe of what i think hawaii is going to be like mm. and i just figured man i can hoop in hawaii i'll still do my schooling and do what i can but this is what i want to do and i'm not going to lie to you i really thought that my first couple months in Hawaii, I made the wrong decision <laughs> because I was, I, it was the real world real quick. Like I'm taking the bus to school. I'm working at Hollister at the mall just to get oh, some extra wow. cash. Um, and uh, I'm not locked in for a scholarship yet at this school that, that I transferred to. So it got real, real quick. And that gave me that extra motivation to like, hey, Come on, let's get it. Like you stay, stay on the grind. Don't be chasing girls. Let's let's get this work in. I don't want to leave this school, Hawaii, and come back home and be a failure. Like <laughs> I better, yeah. I better bust my ass out here and make it work. Um, but uh, you know, long story short, I ended up getting a scholarship and did my thing a little bit over there in Hawaii. And from that point, the rest was kind of um, pushed me to my to the next level uh, to be a pro. Wow. See, like, I, what did I, what, I'm trying to think. Oh, I toured Army, like, when I was in high school. Like, we went there for, like, okay. so I knew a little bit about that. You go to one of these military academies, you have to, you know, give them back the same amount of years in service. Yes. I didn't know that that only applied if you got to your junior or senior year at that school. Like, I thought right. that you just had to do however many years you spent there since like right. painful. they got rules over there and it's a great school man like i learned so much about myself and discipline and i, I love it I, I i still use it to this day of what i learned at that military school but just just the stories of trying to play pro basketball outside of the nba for these military schools it's they won't let you and that was really the main kicker. Um, uh, if you're David Robinson, yeah, you're going to play in the NBA. They'll let you go. But <laughs> if you're just like, for real, like if you're trying to play in the Euro League or you're trying to play in Asia or South America, they, they won't let you leave. They won't let wow. you leave the military. Yeah. Oh, so it's, wow. you know, give and take. You kind of bet on yourself or do you think, you know, you want to have a military career and go about it that way that's cool too so i just got lucky and i made it through <laughs> i mean hawaii is beautiful but i know you said you could have went anywhere what what were your other options as far as like schools are thinking about transferring to yeah um so the, yeah let me retract that statement i couldn't have gone anywhere i wasn't some star college dude so i i mean like for academic wise i could have gone to any other school and got yeah. in academically so let me I want to clear that up. <laughs> um, realistically, my other choices was uh, it was UC San Diego, UC San Diego State, Dartmouth, uh, 
Columbia and, and Harvard. Because at the time when I was at Air Force Academy, some girls on the basketball team, their dads were connected to the coaching staff in a couple Ivy League schools. And I was really weighing in my options of just making sure I want to go to a really good academic school. But once Hawaii kind of popped in the picture, it just changed my whole perspective and just kind of thought about it like, man, do I just want to enjoy my college experience? Like, man, school's going to be school. I'm, I'm still going to do that. That's not going to change. F it. Let me just go to Hawaii. <laughs> it was really that quick of a decision. So I, my, I, my parents, to say the least, they were not super on board to, in the beginning. So like far as that transition, like, how hard was that? Because we, we already established those are two polar different universes. How much different was like your schedule and stuff? Best feeling, best feeling in the world. I was at that military school for three years and it was always telling you where to go, what to do, where to be, what to wear. And it, it, it had its perks. But once I went to Hawaii and I was like my own man and I can do whatever I want on my own time, it was a really good feeling to say the least when I was so used to the military vibes for however many years. So taking the bus to school or working at the mall, it did not fuck up my day. Pardon my language. Okay. It didn't mess up my day one bit. I was so happy to be out there because it was such a different perspective that I loved it. So any little thing that I was doing out there, it didn't bother me because I was in this new vibe, in this new environment, and I get to play ball. Like it was, it was dope. Best experience, best decision I think that I ever made in terms of just like it could have gotten so much worse, to be honest. And it, it really did work out the the way I wanted it to. All right, I was curious about this even before we got on here, just because I saw your IG name. How did you get the nickname Daredevil? Is that like something you call? Right. Oh, I mean, uh, one of our, so in the Philippines, if you don't know basketball, basketball out here in Asia, you know, it's crazy. Like you, would, you wouldn't think basketball would be that popular in Asia and of all places, the Philippines, because it's not like we're just known to have all these tall, big, thoroughbreds like how it is in America. Um, but it's crazy out here in Lamar. Like crazy, crazy. I'm talking like... I just played in one championship recently in a bubble, but before that, we were in another one. There's like 50, 60,000 people watching our games in these huge arenas that they have. Like, imagine having 60,000 people watching you hoop. It's bananas. So, um, uh, when I first got in the league, um, you know, when you're a young fella, you don't have a slow slow button you're just going balls out <laughs> super hard super fast and that was my game in the beginning of my career so I'm diving in the stands I'm getting to the bucket really hard and just because I played so erratic and crazy um they all started calling me daredevil oh wow and I hated it to be honest because <laughs> <laughs> at that time Ben Affleck was the was the dude for uh, Daredevil. And I was yeah, just like, man, I need to square. Why am I have to be the Daredevil? Like, I don't want to be no Daredevil. <laughs> but it 
stuck oh, because yeah. of my name, you know, like D for Dillinger, Daredevil kind of kind of went. So I'm still grateful I, I got a nickname because not mm. everyone do, gets yeah, one. Yeah, it's true. So so that's dope. So I, I rocked with it. And I mean, I'm not a daredevil anymore. It's kind of funny, <laughs> but um, it's cool, man. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with mm. it. That's, that's that's pretty ironic. Like that's a that's one hell of a story. So obviously, you've been playing in the Philippines, been playing in Asia for a while now. Yeah. How how did you like find that opportunity? Like, were there any other you know teams in other countries that were you know looking at you when you were right. looking at them when you first started right. with your career? So people got to understand, you know, 10, 12 years ago, we didn't have smartphones. You know, we didn't have, you know, um, a lot of things that we have today. So when I was in Hawaii, I couldn't just look up yeah. highlights and a lot of um, information about Philippine basketball. I didn't know too much about it at all. When, when they were recruiting me, all my teammates thought it was a joke because no one knew about the Philippines. No one knows too much about it. And we just think about it as some third world country and there's terrorists here, there, and it's, it's wild and there's no civilization. Like that's how I took it at first, because I don't know. Um, but it's, um, I, I mean, my original idea was that, Hey, I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to play in Finland or Belgium and, you know, division two, maybe get lucky, play division one and try to work my way up and try to play in Spain or Greece and one of the big countries. But that, I mean, that was really my idea, but it wasn't guaranteed. The Philippines just really fell on my lap randomly and I just took it. So uh, took the opportunity when it presented itself, but it really I had no idea that it was going to lead me to where I'm at today. What's been your favorite part about, you know, living in the Philippines? I mean, the, the people here are cool, man. Good vibes all the time. People are always smiling. People are real happy. Um, very, very hospitable. You know, the culture here is always just about trying to force food down your, your throat and take you into their house and, and, and be a good host. And, um, I love the people so much. And uh, they've got nice perks here too. You know, you can, you know, we're not used to this growing up, but you know, you can have um, helpers at your house and you can have a cook, you can have a driver. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it's not, it's, it's hard to get used to because you're not used to stuff like that. And, you know, you come here and you have all these type of anemones and it's, it's pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So, um, it's, you know, uh, it is far away from home, but if anyone that's lived out in Asia, you know, the Philippines is the most Americanized, westernized country <laughs> you better, you better oh, you'll ever wow. go to. I didn't know that. Oh, dude, I'm telling you right now, like, we have our own ESPN Sports Center, but they're hmm. Filipino commentators, full on, yeah. talk shows, all the game shows are just like the ones from the States. They just copy everything. We have Outback and Chili's and Bubba Gump's and all those chain restaurants. I hop Denny's. It's it feels like you're in the States. It really does not feel like you're in some foreign country, you know? That's not pretty so bad. amazing. 
pretty amazing. Yeah, you would not. You would be so shocked, man. All right. My last question before we get to the more exciting part of this show. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. What about pro basketball, like your journey playing pro basketball, what has it taught you about life? Um, that there are no guarantees to success. You know, you can put in all the work. I've seen it a hundred times from not only myself, but guys who are making it in the league or not making it that, you know, you gotta, you gotta put the work in, you know, just like anyone, you gotta, you gotta have a grind, get a routine. Um, but it, it, it's not going to guarantee anything. You know, there's so many moving parts in that when you are, you know, wanting to be successful under your, you know, your perception, because there's so many different levels of being successful, you know, um, but you know, yeah, doesn't guarantee you success for the work that you put in. And, you know, you always have to find ways to adapt and to change. Like the minute you stop it, adapting and changing and you're just you're going to get left behind man you you couldn't have said it any better i, I agree because yeah. in general like at least what i've learned about mm -hmm. you know life through obviously i never was good as you <laughs> but <laughs> basketball in my lens is just one thing that i talked about on another episode that i recorded earlier this week is that it told me like the next play mentality because like coaches i've coached i've you know, been a player as well. Yeah. They always tell you, you know, next play mentality. If you get a turnover sure. and Oof. you don't get yeah. back, then you just gave up a bucket and you turn over the ball. So like, yeah. if you're focused on making mistakes and worried about anything that goes wrong, all you're doing is creating compounding mistakes and you're becoming a, a bigger detriment to the team than you are helping the team. Yeah. And it's the yeah. same way in life. If you make a mistake, let's say you miss an appointment or something goes wrong, the more you worry about that one mistake, next thing you know, your whole day has been bad. Yeah, but if right. you know yeah. to go on to the next play or go on to the next thing, you know how to pivot. And then that helps just in general. No, nah, no, nah, man, you said it. Like, um, what I like to tell people a lot is, you know, when you're working on something and you're working on your craft, man, you're supposed to fail. You're not supposed to get it right off the yeah. bat. You're not supposed to just kill it. Um, as soon as you start, man, you're supposed to fail 50, 100 times or you're, it's not supposed to go your way. So the moment you really embrace that and accept that you're not going to get it for a year or five years or whatever you're trying to work towards, man, it makes life so much easier. You know, you just kind of change your perspective about failing and, it, you know, you'll just be grinding through those days like it's nothing, you know. Yeah, you 100% right. It's you just got to be able to have that fortitude to keep pushing and keep moving. That's like the only way you want to yep. get anything. Only way. Yep. All right. So we're going to play a couple games. I play games with all my guests to end the show. Okay. The first one is just a rank them game. So I want you to rank your top 10 favorite basketball players. They don't have to be NBA guys. They could play anywhere like top 10 favorite guys. We'll just go NBA since this is, a, this is an American podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Damn, top 10. Okay, we'll just go uh, maybe in no particular order, right? All right? No particular order. I'm just going off the top of my head. So, man, of course, the, the OG greats like Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain and 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because he's the number one scorer all time. You got throwing Kobe and LeBron and Jordan, of course. Um, I'm a huge Manu Ginobili fan, so Ooh, I'm putting him on there. Beast. Manu's a beast. Uh-huh. I'm a Tim Duncan fan. I like boring guys that just play. <laughs> um, Tim's a beast as well. Got throwing Steph Curry because he might be regarded as one of the best shooters ever. No, nah, he's um, the best shooter ever. Like he's right? different. Right? He's so, different. So uh, he's there, right? Um, I think know, I that's not. I love me. I uh, think that's not. I've been trying to keep nice? track in my head. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I love, I love game. I have magic, of course, magic. I want to throw in one more bird. All right, I'm done. All right. <laughs> That's a that's a nice list. That's a nice list. It's all right. And it's I, right. I appreciate you throwing Manu in it. You know, a lot of guys, you know, hoop heads know him, but for the casual fans, sometimes he may get glossed over. But Spurs Dude, don't win for the championships without him. For the basketball purists, man, the stuff he can do on the floor, man, is amazing to watch. Been, change always the been game. A Manu fan. Yeah. I like to change the game like that. Yeah. Man. And people don't know he was really the pioneer of the Euro, the Euro stat, yeah. And I mean, it's so outplayed now. Like you don't really do it as much just because it's just so played out. But he he's the one who brought it here. <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. All right. The last one is a segment that I call "Welcome to the Dinner Table." So okay. I want you to pick five people in the basketball world, dead or alive, that you would like to have dinner with. Okay. Uh, I'd love to have these dinners with like really interesting folk. Like I, I would want to pick the brains of like, like a Michael Beasley or. Uh, oh, um, he's what? he's a he's a character. I seen his he's a character with Chris Haynes and Katie. Yeah, that was an amazing. He is show. way out there. Way know? out there. I like interesting folk. Like, I'm sure he has such a unique perspective. Like, I would really want to know his perspective. Or like a Kyrie Irving, and just to hear his vibes and how, how he approaches things. It would be cool to have dinner with him. Of course, Kobe, because he's crazy Mamba mentality, if he were still alive. You know? 100%. Yep, rest in peace. And uh, I think I would want to have dinner with uh, Stephen Adams. He seems like Stephen, a character. Stephen? Right, Adam, Adams does seem like an interesting dude. Right, I mean, got I got that beard thing going on. Yeah, like, he he seems Fire cool beards. to be with. Uh huh. Um, and I'd say like I don't know who else, man. Maybe like AI or something. Like that would be kind of cool to just try to that'd chop a, it up with him. That'd be an interesting <laughs> dinner. So you got AI, Beasley, Stephen Adams, Kobe, and then who was the fifth name? I'm trying to think. Irving. Kyrie. Irving, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that would be a pretty, pretty, right, pretty nice dinner. Pretty nice I think dinner. So. I think so. Yeah. All right, all right. So that's all we have for this week's episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Make sure you check out the next episode of Anchor, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Inside 3. Also, uh, I'm going to have the video up there, obviously. <laughs> Get my book, Jack of All Trades, hey, Rise of a Party Promoter. And I also have Jared's info in the bio so you can follow Jared on Instagram and follow me at Jack Onovan on Instagram and Twitter. LA out. Oh.